Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayesh, Shir number 323. Today we're going to continue about Tikkun Hamidais, uh, working on one's character, and how you build yourself as you build your marriage. And today we're going to talk about compassion, as opposed to the opposite of that, which is either apathy or actual cruelty. What does compassion mean? It means sincerely feeling the distress or pain or suffering of another person. And Zalapliskin uh, brings down so in Reb Chaim Zaitek that brings like this. He says that when you want to comfort and encourage someone who is brokenhearted and is experiencing discouragement, do so with the completeness of your heart and with your entire soul. Your inner love for the person should be manifest in your sincere smile and in your whole way of talking. Do not just act dryly, saying the correct words, but without your soul being involved. Do not just mutter platitudes and the standard formulas that people use in these situations. Your great and profound love for the person should pour out as water flows from its source. You, sh- you will be successful in alleviating the bitterness and depression of someone who suffers when you speak to him with sincere love. Fill your heart with as much love as- and kindness that the attributes will overflow. Have so much love that the person who, uh, who is totally broken and discouraged will feel great warmth. When someone is suffering in any way and you interact with them in a sincerely compassionate way, you could have a tremendous profound and healing experience for the one you're talking to. Marriage has a lot of those opportunities as well. Brings an anecdote as follows. My husband gets nervous very easily and tends to worry and complain. His constant whining and fearful predictions used to get on my nerves and I would lose my temper. Sometimes I would restrain my anger, but the stress was wearing me out. My husband was a master at creating a gloomy atmosphere, even at the brightest of times. I spoke to my rabbi about my anger. I wanted to change my husband and help him become more cheerful, but his anxiety has governed him for so many years that he isn't open for suggestions. The rabbi told me to be compassionate towards my husband, and that is your Avedis Hashem in this world, when he complains or worries he is suffering. Instead of complaining about his complaining, view it as your mitzvah to say things to your husband that will help him relax. If you can't think of anything, you can always empathize with his suffering. Enter his world, see how much he suffers from his thought patterns. That is how he gets attention. Don't be angry at him for wanting attention. It's a universal human need. It's just a question of whom we want attention from and for what. And when we are compassionate, we are emulating HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's the ultimate attention getter from the one whose attention we all need. And the, the idea clicked with me, and that's exactly what I needed to hear. And ever since then, as soon as I hear my husband complaining, I say to myself, it's time for Avaydis Hashem, let me see the situation the way my husband views it, so I could find it easier to think of the best thing to say. And this has made my marriage calmer, and happier. Rabbi Cheska Levenstein quoted Rabbi Yitzhak Blazer saying that betochen is a very tre- precious attribute. If someone has enough bread to eat today, he is lacking a moon if he worries about what he will eat tomorrow. But this applies only to a person working on his own attributes. When it comes to other people, be concerned about what they will eat tomorrow.
and for many more days to come. Another anecdote he says is that when I'm irritated or worried, my spouse usually says, it's not so bad, or that's nothing to worry about. At times I'm told, if you had more emunah and betachen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother you. I don't, hear, I don't like hearing a Muslim lecture when, someone, when something bothers me. I would love to have a very high level of emunah and betachen, so I shouldn't worry, but when someone tells me have more betachen, I take it as criticism. The time to increase my betachen is when I'm calm and open to ideas. I don't like it when my, con- when my concerns are minimized. I appreciate everything. I appreciate understanding when I'm in emotional pain. Don't tell me it's no big deal when my nervous system is out of order. I told my spouse that the greatest terrorist scholars and tzaddikim didn't minimize their concerns and tell people off when they were worried. They gave encouragement and increased betachen by presenting Hashem as a loving and caring father with profound compassion and sincere concern, they often gave practical advice and suggestions. I said that I realize it takes time to develop these qualities, but as long as I saw my spouse was trying, I would be satisfied. And while my spouse has a long way to go, I was grateful that the negative comments have stopped. A common mistake people make is that when someone complains, you assume that they want practical advice on what they're complaining about. But many, very often... When people complain, what they really want deep inside is some empathy and validation. For many people, once they get that empathy and validation, they will either stop complaining, their complaining will be mitigated. And women need this, but men need this as well. And if your spouse doesn't respond well to what you say, it's wise to ask when you express complaints about something, how would you like me to respond? Most likely the answer will be, I just want you to empathize with me. When you validate my distress, I feel accepted, and this makes me calmer. You could respond by saying, I'm sorry, you're in pain. This usually makes it easier for your spouse to cope with the situation. And it's only when someone is in a comfortable emotional state that he or she can work on elevating uh, their spiritual um, level. Now, I know it's difficult when someone's a real, real chronic complainer. But in most cases, though, when people do complain, it's really they just want empathy and validation, and then they calm down, and usually they get out of it for the most part, and they have a clearer picture of a healthier perspective on the situation they are in. One Talmud Chacham told his students that when your wife is distressed, it's an opportunity for you to emulate the compassion of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As an interesting here uh, anecdote, one Friday I found a stray dog that seemed lost and I felt sorry for it. I took it to the house and gave it some food. My wife was nervous that it may have rabies, but it looked healthy to me. She insisted that we keep it outside on the porch. We had planned a day with friends in a different neighborhood for Shabbos, but I felt that, that we couldn't leave the dog by itself without food. The stores were closed and we couldn't get dog food. My wife felt that we should keep our commitment to our friends. She was also looking forward to being with them for Shabbos. And when she said we can let the dog be by itself, I became furious. I said, you're cruel. Don't you have any compassion? I can't believe he's such an awful person. And my wife had grown up with an angry father, and my explosion terrified her. At first she said she was going by herself to our friends, and I could stay home alone with the dog. She went to the bus stop, acted as she was waiting for the bus, but a half hour later she came home. She had calmed down when she was outside in the fresh air. She told me she wasn't going to go away for Shabbos without me, 
but also didn't feel like being in the house with me after I yelled at her the way I did. The next day, I looked at the entire situation much more objectively. I was embarrassed by my behavior. Here I was claiming to be the compassionate one, and yet I caused my wife so much pain. The dog wasn't even ours, and yet I allowed it to get in the way of our shalom bias. My wife is compassionate, and my telling her she was cruel was unfair and untrue. This incident showed me that I needed to work on my temper, and I resolved to speak to someone about controlling what I say when I become angry. Another anecdote, my wife and I were sitting on a park bench near a lake when our ten, with our 10-month-old daughter. Suddenly, I felt compelled to throw a corn chip to one of the many pigeons nearby. My wife told me this is a big mistake, but I had already done it. Within seconds, more burned land, birds landed near us. The baby began to shriek. My wife began to scream. I, however, was laughing. To me, the scene was ridiculous. But to my horror, rather, in a very short time, we were surrounded by hundreds of pigeons. I finally realized that we were actually in danger. I told my wife to hold the baby tight and run away. I began to yell, wave my arms. The birds were aggressive. Some were flying right into me. One even flew away with a whole bag of chips. All the pigeons finally left, and my wife and baby were far away trying to gain their composure. This taught me to take my wife's concerns more seriously. At first, I scoffed at her fears until I realized there was an actual threat to the baby's safety, and I regretted having teased her for being afraid. To go from laughter to terror taught me that I needed to increase my level of empathy and compassion. He brings here an open letter to fathers of new babies that was written by an anonymous father. And this anonymous father writes as follows. Not too long ago, my wife gave birth to a new baby. It was not our first child, so I didn't expect anything out of the ordinary, except that I would probably have to get help a bit to help a bit more around the house. However, the first week after the birth, we experienced some strain in our home, which I attributed to the stress of giving birth. Both of us were tired, somewhat irritable, but I figured this would pass after a week or so. Well, I was wrong. Not only did life become more tense, but my wife began to behave in ways I did not recognize. I thought to myself, enough is enough. I found it increasingly difficult to deal with her irritability, which often expressed itself in either biting criticism of me, or sadness, or depression, and even paranoia. Suddenly, the birth was no longer joyous and was straining our marriage at a time we needed to be close. It never occurred to me that I was part of the problem. I had heard of postpartum depression before. However, I had thought that it was simply the blues. A mother felt after losing closeness of carrying a child for nine months, it never occurred to me that it would be hormonal and that it could lead to severe depression and even suicide. Then I read an article on PPD, postpartum depression. I was shocked to find out that my wife was suffering from a sickness with effects ranging from mild to extreme. I also began to hear stories about women who suffered from PPD in the past before PPD was recognized as something needed profession, needing professional treatment. The information hit me like a ton of bricks. First of all, I realized I had blamed my wife for an illness she was not responsible for and one she intensely wanted to overcome. Second of all, I learned how important it was for a husband to be understanding and supportive. Women who suffer from PPD were usually under a considerable amount of internal and external stress. And if a, pers- a husband didn't, didn't help relieve that stress, recovery from postpartum depression would be delayed and might even be impossible. It did not take long for me to change my attitude towards my wife. 
Sure, it made my life more difficult, but thank God I watched my wife recover and resume a normal life. Now she even helps others who are suffering from the same illness. I've written this letter to help you, a father of a new baby, whose wife may suffer even mildly from postpartum depression, whether you have many children or only this one. Don't suffer from ignorance and mistakes as I did. Do some research of your own to help you and your wife ease the strain of your relationship and deal with your family responsibilities. Hopefully you and your wife will have many enjoyable years raising a family. This is very, very touching and very, very important uh, to realize uh, when PPD may, may be existing. So this is compassion. Compassion is one of those tremendous medias that are needed in life in general and needed in particular, needed in particular in Shalom Bayis, to be kind, to be helpful, to be warm, to be giving. Have a wonderful day.